celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I am always so lucky to be joined by my co-hosts. This is what dreams are made of, Sarah Huron. Oh, hello, Travis. There's a lot of random stories to discuss this week. There are a really a lot of random stories, skeet, skeet, Kanye, Kanye. But before we get into all of that, let us start with the woes this week, and the woes are pretty good this week. I I said that word several times this week. Uh, how about you, Sarah Huron? I really have, like, gasped a few <laughs> times. And of course, when I got that notification that Jake Gyllenhaal has broken his silence, his decade-long silence on the very important song, All Too Well, and now, of course, All Too Well, All Too Well 10-minute version, mm-hmm. I... It was audible. I was I was freaking out. So, of course, clicked as soon as I could to read this Esquire profile on Mr. Gyllenhaal. Not usually my, you know, my preferred reading in the morning. But um, he was asked. So shout out to Esquire for finally asking Jake Gyllenhaal what we've been wanting to know. His answer wasn't exactly what I was hoping for, but I think tells us a lot about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so he was asked about the song and obviously the song being about him. And he said, quote, It has nothing to do with me. It's about her relationship with her fans. It is her expression. Artists tapped into personal experiences for inspiration, and I don't begrudge anyone that. Then he was asked um, specifically if these months surrounding the re-release of Red have been more difficult for him. He said no. He asked if he's listened to the album. He said no. But he did perk up a bit when asked about overall social media and the fandoms and the maybe toxicity. Didn't name Swift. (laughs) made it clear he wasn't but i think we know who he's talking about when he said and i quote at some point i think it's important when supporters get unruly that we feel a responsibility to have them be civil and not allow for cyberbullying in one's name that begs a deeper philosophical question not about any individual per se but a conversation that allows us to examine how or should even take responsibility for what we put out into our world, our contributions to the world. How do we invoke a conversation? We see that in politics. That's anger and divisiveness. And it's literally life-threatening in the extreme. That is dramatic, Jake Gyllenhaal. To compare your and Taylor Swift's breakup and her writing one song about you that had to do with the scarf does not make a two-party divisive system in my eyes, Jake. Mm -hmm. That is really martyrship that it's top thing right there. Yeah. I mean, I do get what he's saying that like the Swifties, you know, they go wild. And we, as you know, someone who is very much involved in the internet, of course, you know, you poke fun, you joke at stuff and people take things too far all the time. And he turned off his Instagram comments. I get it. It was probably annoying, but like Taylor Swift is a great songwriter. She, what she did was taking back these songs is important. And that's the message. She's not like sending an attack. I will say sometimes there is a moment when she's one of them when I'm like, all right, maybe we should reel it in. Like when she was coming for like Ginny and Georgia and some of those shows, I'm like, maybe she should step up and not fuel the fire. Cause she's one like Selena Gomez is always like, don't come for Bella Hadid when she like certain things like that have happened. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift does kind of like, I'm like, let's the Swifties out. But it's a song and I just, I don't really feel bad for Jake. <laughs> I don't feel bad for Jake Hall either. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I really think Taylor's right in calling out these people. And I, th- I usually support her in all of this. And I definitely support her in Jake Hall. She has said 
a 10 minute song about all the things that are wrong with him. That's um, the patriarchy keychain on the ground. Thank you. Exactly. Very, very that. Um, well, before we get into your second woe, my woe of the week, really, it, it hit my heart and it is... It is dramatic and wrong. It has to do, well, dramatic and wrong, you know, really introduce our next guest pretty well. Well, next topic pretty well. Chet Hanks. Oh. Did you see his quotes about his dad today? If you didn't, that's what we are for. (laughs) Yes. Very, very dark. So Chet Hanks was talking about growing up with famous dad, Tom Hanks, and America's dad, everyone's favorite, and said, I didn't have a strong male role model to tell me, bro. F these people. They are just jealous of you. Chet said this in a YouTube video on his channel. Um, speaking of the disrespect he endured from his peers for his wealth, fame, and being perceived as arrogant, entitled, and spoiled. So I hard said, to be Chet Hanks. It is so hard to have so much money and so much access and a famous last name. I'm so sorry, Chet. So sorry, White Boy Summer. So sorry, White Boy Summer has come to an end. He also said, you have all these things they want, so they are trying to effing throw their shade at you so they can feel, sh- so you can feel shitty about yourself because they're a jealous. I needed to hear that. I didn't have anyone to tell me that. This is me telling the younger version of myself what I needed to hear. Now, just what the F, Chet Hanks. It's, like, first you know, of all, no, go ahead. Keep going. This is your woe. I'm trying to steal it. It's it's, it's all of our woe, collective, uh, this country's woe at Chet Hanks. The blaming your parents for having money and prestige and a lot to live up to is one thing, but calling him out in a very Real Housewives inspired, I didn't hear that they were jealous of me, really rubs me all the wrong type of ways. Yeah, I agree. And I also think growing up as like a famous, like a celebrity kid, um, I'm sure it definitely has its downfalls, but it also has extreme, you know, privilege and advantages. Cash so money. You, you take the good with the bad. I'm not trying to say that, you know, some of the stuff he experienced probably was bizarre and we can't relate to it. But also then in 2022, to make a YouTube video about it, you're asking for more attention. You're asking for more that like Chet Hanks, this is just like, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're almost contradicting yourself. And I think you should just like call your dad, maybe like go to a therapist together. Like this doesn't really seem like YouTube content if it really hurt you. I absolutely agree. This is just not the forum. It's not the way. And no one likes it when you're complaining about having too much money. It's just not something, Chet, that people really feel bad for you for, especially when you're trashing Tom Hanks. I know, bad. If your dad was like Bill Cosby, we would be like, yeah, we get it. Your dad is Chet Hanks. Your mom is Rita Wilson. Like, no one feels bad for you. I'm sorry. Like, you're not OJ Simpson the third. Right. Like, again, if you went through like mental health struggles, or something, or you do you have a bad relationship with your dad, like totally work through those, but airing it out on YouTube. What are we getting out of this? Besides you're getting more attention that you claim you didn't want. Yes. And you know, for your dad and him and Rita been through so much, they were like the pioneers of COVID. <laughs> so you know, they've been yeah. through a lot these past couple of years. Well, Chad, good luck with all of your struggles. Yeah. Um, I say that with all intended sarcasticness. Before we get into the news, Sarah, was there anything else that made you go woke this week? I just have to briefly address this Kelly Clarkson situation. Um, we love Kelly Clarkson on this podcast. Absolutely. We speak about her often. We are 
anti-Brandon Blackstock. We are team Kelly Clarkson. But now we're going to have to be team Kelly Brianne because our, our, our queen is trying to change her name. She filed legal documents that we have seen. We have them in our hands on email. Um, she wants to change her name from Kelly Brianne Clarkson to simply Kelly Brianne. Um, I don't know what this means for, quote, the Kelly Clarkson show um, or a lot of her other professional things. I don't know if this is like something super personal and she just wants it like for her or if this is to be going forward, but she wrote, quote, a desire to change my name, my new name more fully reflects who I am. So we know that Kelly has been going through this divorce. She already back in the summer filed to get her maiden name restored to no longer be a black stock, which happens a lot in divorces. Mm -hmm. But on Valentine's Day, she's showing a little self-love and she wants to be Kelly Brianne. It makes zero sense to me. I don't understand. She wasn't Kelly Brienne before. She was Kelly Clarkson. This isn't her ex-husband's last name. It also doesn't have the same impact. I'm all for Kelly doing whatever she has to do to feel all right. This divorce is horrible on her. But Kelly Clarkson is just such a great name and rolls off the tongue. Kelly Brienne just doesn't feel finished. (laughs) Kelly Brienne sounds like Sheena Marie. And that's not a compliment. Kelly Brienne or Sheena Marie. And I also think I know she's opened up our, not really, but through her songs about having maybe a strained relationship with her father. And I believe that that's her father's last name. So maybe she's just shedding all these toxic men from her life, which I totally can get on board with. It just feels kind of like you literally are having so much success right now with the Kelly Clarkson show. Like, it's just a little weird for me, but yeah, yeah, you're right. The, the the talk show really is the hardest part here. It's named the Kelly Clarkson show, the Kelly Brianne show. Like if it was a Kelly show or if people were calling it Kelly the same way they call Ellen DeGeneres show Ellen, but it's not quite just Kelly these days. No, it's not. And we already have a queen of daytime and Kelly and that's Kelly Ripa. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. Wasn't she more the early morning? Maybe there's a okay. early afternoon spot for Miss Kelly Brianne. Maybe, maybe. Well, while we don't like it, we will respect her wishes. And Kelly, Brianna is good luck with your new names and ending your relationship with all the toxic men in your life throughout your entire life. Yeah, poor girl. Poor girl. Well, let's keep on talking about toxic men, shall we? Let's talk about Kanye West and Pete Davidson and Julia Fox, of course. So over the weekend, Julia Fox quietly deleted all evidence of her and her boyfriend. I use that term very loosely. Kanye West from her Instagram, and she unfollowed some Kardashian fan accounts. I, you know, we've all been there. Um, So breakup rumors were swirling for a minute there. Uh, But then Daily Mail reported that she was tearfully leaving Los Angeles, where Kanye lives, shortly after she called out the Daily Mail, saying, crying where? I haven't cried since 1997. I especially wouldn't cry over this, in all caps. wonder where she'll live. Best line ever. I haven't cried since 1997. It is really, really fantastic. (laughs) It's really, really fantastic. It's like 24 years ago. That is all. Whatever. A long time to not cry. Um, Well, her ref confirmed to us that Kanye and Julia Fox have broken out. Everyone get your tissues ready. I know this was the relationship you believed in. Um, Julia has also been liking posts from Kim Kardashian. uh, And she commented on a Hollywood Unlocked post. And she said, and just for the record, I never stopped liking Kim's posts. Nail emoji, triple heart emoji. Now they were dating for two months. Barely. (laughs) Barely two months. And in all of this breakup um, wildness, 
it, Sarah, the only thing to come out of this were how she says uncut jams. Oh my God, that video is so good. <laughs> she was on the Call Her Daddy, Call Her Daddy podcast, and she was talking about being amused to Kanye. And she said she was amused for the director of Uncut Gems, but she used a California accent and said, Uncut Jams with the vocal fry and an up talk. And now it is the sound on TikTok that everyone is using. I, I do feel a little bit passionate for her but oh, it is please. I feel a little bit bad for her but it's just it's hysterical it is hysterical and I mean this relationship quote, quote unquote relationship ended exactly as I thought it would I she was trying to pretend that she was like cool with all of this and just no woman out there is okay I don't care she got the notoriety I get it and that was probably the point but now she's backtracking and pretending like she was in on the joke the whole time I don't believe for a second that Fair. Julia Fox was in on the joke I think Julia Fox was trying to pretend that um, her and Kanye like had some sort of stri- potential to be this like power duo because he did need like a new Kim and yeah. she was ready to take that on. Um, and she was playing the game with the cut and everything. But I also think she very much was like falling for him and falling for this world and lifestyle. And then realized like woke up maybe and was like, okay, I kind of look silly and I can't let this continue. And of course, as we'll get into now, probably the way Kanye has been behaving is absolutely just like unacceptable. And, and I don't want to use the word insane because I'm not trying to comment on his yeah. mental health, but like overall, it's just it's, it's mean spirited and dark. Well, Julia Fox, as Sarah said, had every reason to break up with Kanye West because he won't stop posting about how he wants his ex wife back, which I can't imagine being the current girlfriend and seeing all these posts. Kanye even set a pickup truck full of roses to like Kim's that is stalking house. behavior. It is. And the only part I liked about it was that spray painted on the side of the truck it said like my life is crystal clear with two k yeah that was interesting it's it, this whole branding thing that he is going for certain words or certain things he's doing the caps lock whatever it, you, it's 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 a lot it is a lot well it didn't stop kim from going out with pete davidson for valentine's day and it didn't stop kanye from posting about it he posted in all caps i don't have beef with kim i love my family so stop that narrative i'm not giving up on my family i bought this coat for kim before SNL, I thought it was particularly special. I have faith that we'll get back together. Uh, and then he told people to run, if they run into Skeet on the street to yell Kimye forever and call him a loser. Yes. He says, thank you guys for your support of my family. My family needs more than any other um, accomplishment in my life. And if anyone loves me and my family, if you see Skeet in real life, scream at the loser at the top of your lungs, say Kimye forever. The, he's, and then Kanye posted, he said, upon my wife's, wife's request, please nobody do anything physical to Skeet. I'm going to handle the situation myself, where he posted a picture of a man strangling another man. A little bit mixed message, Kanye. I guess that's him strangling Skeet when he sees him. Um, he also posted another screenshot of him seemingly responding to Kim Kardashian saying, I will always do everything to protect you and our family forever. And I listened to you and told everybody to make sure nothing physical happens to Skeet. The fact that he's actually texting her and using the name Skeet too is out of control. Yes. And then Kim responded and saying, you are creating a dangerous and scary environment and someone will hurt Pete and this will all 
be your fault. So Kanye posted all of these private text messages between him and his ex-wife. And then Kim posted one where Kim says, why can't you keep any of our conversations private? Three explanation points. Kanye West responded, because I got a text from my favorite person in the world, adding that he is her number one fan and saying, why wouldn't I tell everyone? That is really some gaslighting BS all up in there. But, you know, we thought that there might be hope, Sarah. We really did. We thought there might be hope. He did. um, For what? Well, he said in all caps, the press sometimes people call me crazy, but to be in love is crazy about something. And I'm crazy about my family. He said that his caps do come off as screaming sometimes and he will, you know, amend the way that people see him. But then he followed it up with an Instagram post today talking about Skeet and asked Skeet, do you have any more mental health jokes for me? Posting a picture of Pete Davidson on SNL wearing a hat that says make Kanye 2006 again. Don't know if that's a mental health joke, but Kanye took it as such. No, he means and it was a long because, time ago. Yeah, because is when um, Pete is talking about how like because he relates to Kanye's mental health struggles and saying like, take it from me, take the pills. You're like, you're better on the gotcha. pills. Like what he says in that clip. So that's what Kanye's referring to. And I think the most fascinating thing, even though it shouldn't be shared, um, but you know, we see them is the text messages with Kim and the text with Pete. He shared one of his texts with Pete yeah. in which Pete was being beyond mature, being like, they're your kids. I'm not trying to get in the way. I hope we can all get along. I respect you as their dad. And Kanye saying, you will never meet my kids. And then now Kim getting involved saying, you're going to, you're putting Pete in danger. Why are you sharing our private messages? Like it's kind of what I expected to be happening, but it's giving a peek inside of what's really happening between those two and Pete. Um, and again, should be private does not need to be shared, but because it is, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore. Um, yeah. And important to note, Pete Davidson joined Instagram. Yes, he did. And well, not back on Instagram. He's been on and off with the same account for a while. But back on Instagram, um, I was one of his first 2,000 followers. So shout oh, out to me. Congratulations. And then Kanye was. Kanye followed Pete um, and yes, Us Weekly. Did. So Kanye is now following Us Weekly. So everyone, <laughs> watch out for those comments. <laughs> um, and of course, Pete followed Kim and Sebastian Stan. Kim followed Pete back, but um, the Kimye uh, the, is not following. I don't think Kim's following Kanye, and Pete is certainly not following Kanye. At least not, um, not openly. <laughs> he maybe def- he's creeping on him. He definitely is not. He does not need to open up the communication lines with Kanye. Kanye is acting so infantile, and it really feels like a toddler whose toy got taken away. He is sharing all these private conversations. It is just. It just doesn't seem to be really healthy for anyone. One, and I'm nervous for everybody involved. Kim is worried for Skeet's safety. Poor Skeet is worried for himself. You know, no shade to him. I just think it sounds so funny when you say it like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to when all of this calms down and everyone, you know, gets the help they need. Everyone figures everything out. And then like maybe Pete Davidson can joke about this because he is always really funny when he talks about like Ariana Grande and everything. Yeah. But I can't imagine it's very funny for them right now. So down the line, yeah. um, it'll be interesting to hear how like people reflect on this. But right now you just, you know, hope that no crazy, no like intense Kanye fan does something crazy because that's well, kind of scary. Yeah, sort of like inherent Kanye fan would be intense. Talk about Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> talking about people needing to control their followers like this is more way more serious than talking about a red scarf 
Yes, it is. And he is giving Pete all of the content he needs for his stand-up career. He is making him so much more famous. It's really just all going to backfire. That's sort of karmatic retribution. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch all of this, but I sort of wish it would stop now. It's getting a little dangerous and messy and I feel bad for the kids and even a train wreck. The video of like Kanye at the Super Bowl, ye at the Super Bowl with North and like he had the face covering on it. I just feel like it's just like, oh God, like what is it like to be Northwest right now? Um, Confusing and- Yeah, like Chet Hanks, this could be how your parents (laughs) were raising you. You were with Mr. Rogers, okay? Like, I know I don't know your pain, but let's just like, it's interesting to put that in perspective here, at least public wise, what was, what's been going on. Yes. Yes. Check yourself, Chad. Someone should comment. Go comment that under his video right now. You tell him, Sarah, you tell him. Well, let us move on to another famous man trying to get his even more famous wife back. I'm talking about Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey. Nick Cannon will always have endless love for his wife, his ex-wife. Mariah Carey, on Valentine's Day, he dropped a new track called Alone that's described as an ode to Mariah Carey and their two children, Morocco and Monroe. He says, this is the gospel of my broken soul. This is as raw it gets. Now, he shared some lyrics. Well, he didn't share some lyrics. He shared the song. Some of the lyrics were, first of all, I'm going to say I got nothing but love for you. I'm going to stay. I'm trying to fuck it up with you. I'm going to distance myself in my lane because I know you got a man and it's a little too late. He says, I've been lying. I've been cool and I miss it. I traded all for the case. I could have you back if we could go back to where we started at. Now, he has... You know, not done this to Mariah before, but it's clearly, if you listen to the whole song, it's about trying to get your ex-wife back. And he, you know, talked about it a little bit on his show and says, I really messed up. I had probably the greatest situation. I had my dream girl and I messed it up. You don't clap for that. The song wasn't really about trying to get her back. I'm taking ownership of what I did as a man and owning my flaws and expressing it through song. You know, I was out there trying to spend a little bit of that Kanye West energy. Kanye trying to get Kim back, ain't he? As a matter of fact, Kanye, I need you on the remix of my record. That's what we're going to do. And just respond to this Mariah Carey shared a selfie of her and her current boyfriend, Brian Tianka. Tonka. Tonka. We'll say Tonka. I think it's Tonka. Who is that? Yeah, Brian Tonka. Backup dancer turned manager turned love of her life. <laughs> um, so just an interesting back and forth between Nick and Mariah Carey. They seemed so fine and not anymore perhaps well mariah carey always does like i mean i i don't i don't follow these two that closely but i never really hear her talking about it like she wrote a whole book and i don't remember anything like super bad about nick cannon coming out and i think that that says a lot i mean he's like popping out kids every two seconds with these other women he has a talk show now where he talks about his personal life he's writing these songs like he's doing this stuff and she's just kind of like i'm more famous than you like i don't need this is the vibe I'm getting. Also, yes. they have kids that are, their kids are certain like 11 or something old enough to be reading this. It's weird. He released a press release calling it an ode to Mariah Carey. <laughs> it's not like when normally you release a song and people allude to lyrics or something. Right. This was full on. I want the world to know. I don't care what he says. It's weird. You're literally expecting another kid with another woman. Nick Cannon needs to just like calm down. Like, like go away for a minute. Like, I just feel like he's in this weird spiral of like digging himself these holes that he's going to wake up one day and be like, what is my twisted life that I created? Yeah. Well, that is no judgment though. (laughs) 
just he's ruining his life and digging holes in the sand that he can never get out of. No judgment at all. Well, Sarah, we have a third less famous man trying to get his more famous ex. These guys need like, be like Dr. Drew or like someone on these people. Like this is unhinged behavior. It is unhinged behavior. And, you know, I'm buzzing all about it. It is trending. Trying to get your more famous ex-wife back is the name of the game this week. Tell us about Coco and Lam Lam. Yeah. So of course I'm still watching Celebrity Big Brother. Hashtag justice for Shanna Mokler, who actually was so lovely to watch on the show and knows a lot about Big Brother and and now I'm like kind of on her side and all those things about how Kravis was like recreating their marriage. Like, of course it drove her to post a few shady Instagram posts, like justice for Shayna. I'm a fan. Yeah. Anyway, she was evicted from the house, but Lamar Odom is still there um, and still does not know how to play big brother, by the way, <laughs> side note, he is quite a journey. He literally like four weeks in is trying to figure out what a veto competition is his fourth one he's played in very confusing, but, um, and like biting his nails during the, when he's supposed to be voting to evict and Julie Chen has to be like, um, we're on live television, Lamar, I need a name. So that's a whole journey, but, um, he is still talking about Chloe. Um, and of course they are airing it all. Um, and the most recent thing he said was he loses sleep over how he treated his quote, beautiful ex-wife. Um, I had a beautiful wife. We were together every day till we got married. I never thought about getting married again. A little shade towards that girl who was his fiance like a year ago. Yeah, I didn't, the personal trainer. Yeah, Sabrina or something. I didn't treat that good woman right. Um, Cynthia Bailey is encouraging Lamar to try to make contact with Kardashian when the show wraps. And he said, quote, I'm going to try my damnedest. I wish I was mature enough to handle marriage right, but I wasn't. If given the opportunity, now I know what to do, what to do and what not to do. Sometimes it's hard for me to sleep at night thinking about her. Wow. I mean, let's not forget, as I was one of the biggest Lamar and Chloe yes. fans of all time, I was devastated when they broke up. I thought they were the real deal. Yes. However, you, you know, he cheated on her. So many dozens times. of dozens of times, I think. Absolutely. He Several dozens. Yes. Um, so Chloe, please don't go back to Lamar. Please don't go back to Tristan. Please don't date anyone who has ever touched a basketball ever again. Ag- agreed. Agreed. Just someone who hates sports or is bad at sports. Yes. And Tristan Thompson, her ex now has been accused of his ex, uh, Marlene Nicholas, of not being in the children's, not being in his child's life, not sending any money. And we here on Mouse Weekly Hollywood Podcast are just flabbergasted to hear it. We can't believe that Tristan Thompson is not doing right by a woman that he is romantically linked with. Yeah, you mean that Instagram statement where now the fraternity has been established, he promises to step up and looks forward to having a role in his son's life, wasn't, didn't mean anything? I'm totally shocked. Tristan didn't stick to his word. Yes, he did not. Get it together, Tristan. All of these guys, like these Kardashian men, and then throw Nick Cannon in there, who actually dated Kim. So we need, like, again, (laughs) some sort of, like, celebrity. I don't want it to be on TV, quite honestly. This isn't even, like, fun half of it. Um, But, like, some sort of, you gotta let it go. Like, it's it's just gross behavior. It sure is. Well, let's move on from men wanting their more famous ex-wives back and talk to a woman who's having a really rough time. It's Miss Wendy Williams. How you doing? Really, I want to know how you doing. Now, Wendy Williams has had a lot of tumultuous experiences on her gossip show during the day. She has had emergency health issues, slurred speech, appearing disoriented several times. She's taken many extended breaks from the program, citing her Graves' disease. 
to only to reveal that she was living in a sober home after an um, addiction relapse. This was followed by a head ma- headline making divorce after her husband of 22 years, Kevin Hunter, had a child with another woman. Now, uh, Wendy Williams seems to not be doing again. She has not been back to her show for months. She has had a few trips out of the house in bathrobes and publicly denied she's struggling with her mental health after her wealth manager at Wells Fargo froze all of her finances, claiming she is, quote, incapacitated and out of signed mind and in need of a guardianship. So what's going on? In February, it was announced that Wendy Williams will not return to her show this season. Sherry Shepard is working out a deal to be the permanent host. Love, Sherry Shepard. And now Wendy is involved with this legal battle with Wells Fargo. Wendy Williams approximately earns $15 million a year and says the bank is denying her access to her accounts. Documents show that her formal financial advisor, Lori Shiler, is the one who froze her access, claiming she is not of sound mind in need of a guardianship. Now, the Wells Fargo attorney, um, David Picas, says several million dollars of Wendy's um, assets are frozen because the bank, quote, has strong William, uh, strong reason to believe that Wendy is the victim of undue influence and financial exploitation. She is described as an incapacitated person, and it is not specifically cited who is allegedly exploiting Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams filed an affidavit in the New York Supreme Court for a temporary restraining order against Wells Fargo, um, calling Schriller the... Uh, her manager, a disgruntled former employee, and she says the situation is causing imminent and irreparable financial harm to myself, my family, and my business. She denies that she is under financial influence and exploitation. Now, that, that was a lot. Yeah. It's, it's so it's much going sad. on. It is really, really sad. She has struggled with addiction her entire life and she has never she's very rarely been the one to admit that she needs help and go seek help so it is just really just more of that and when your bank sues you and freezes your assets it's they don't do that lightly that doesn't happen enough and people don't bring up the guardianship word right now unless it's really really needed because it is sort of a hot button issue thank you miss britney spears right now yeah it makes me sad i hope she gets the help she needs and that whatever's happening behind the scenes you know is sorted out um and i know that the people who watch the wendy williams show like love her and she has like a very dedicated fan base and it's just been interesting the way they've been handling that too with like the guest host and it's still called the wendy williams show I don't know. Um, I'm not saying shake away or show or anything. It's just kind of bizarre because it has to play out publicly because there are people who are tuning in to see her every day yeah. sitting in her audience. Um, but yeah, I just wish her, I wish her well. I wish her well. She was my, uh, you know, radio DJ growing up forever and she was so great. So I just really want her to sort of be real with herself and go get the help that she needs and come back stronger because she really is just lovely to watch and she is so shady. It's tough because she was like made a career out of being shady. So now other people are going to talk about her, but it's kind of at the line of like the bank is like, I don't know, like it's at the point where it's past like our place to say anything. It absolutely is. It is in the New York Supreme Court hands now. Yeah. And we will keep you updated. Speaking of As much as I think I'm a lawyer, (laughs) I'm not. No, seriously, as much as I get celebrity legalese, I do not understand. Well, someone else is calling up the lawyers and is going to be in court, but civil, 
not criminal, Alec Baldwin is being sued for the an, a wrongful death suit against Helena Hutchins, the woman that he accidentally shot and killed on the movie set of Rust. Now there is the claiming as she was an on-set cinematographer and the the plaintiff here used computer generated figures to show what happened with Alec Baldwin that day. And it is really, really creepy if you want to look it up. It includes the moment that Alec allegedly pulled the trigger of what was supposed to be a prop gun with blank bullets. And the lawyers for the plaintiffs who are suing him said there are many people culpable, but Mr. Baldwin was the person holding the weapon. That but for him shooting that but for him shooting she would have not have died the lawyer for helena hutchins family said at a press conference in la this week alec baldwin has significant portion liability but there are others and that's what this case is going to be about now of course if you need some refresher alec is accused of firing at the single bullet that killed and hit uh, the cinematographer and exit her body and struck the director joel souza in the clavicle while filming this western flick in new mexico Back on October 21st. During this press conference, her lawyers um, showed this nearly 10-minute animation video, which had a gruesome moment depicting the bullet searing through the deceased chest skeleton, rendering them with blood and bone-crunching sound effects. It was really, really dramatic. The video has Alec Baldwin sitting in a pew of a makeshift church on the set while he fires the gun, which hits her from four feet away. Now, this is just a hot mess. Alec Baldwin responded on Tuesday with an Instagram post um, that simply included an image of the art installment from the Parish Art Museum and said, everything is going to be all right. Now, this feels very targeted. I get that Alec was the one who shot the prop gun, but he doesn't seem like the person who should be sued here. And I feel like they knew that and said that a little in the press conference. They're like, yeah. you know, he pulled the trigger, but it's not his job to make sure that that gun is not loaded. I imagine her family is being pulled in a lot of different directions and trying to get, you know, Alec Baldwin has a lot of money. Right. This could right. be successful in some way. I don't know. I think that, you know, everything so far that I can remember, at least this when this horrible thing happened, that Alec Baldwin has handled it as well as he could, been cooperative. Um I, I'm kind of surprised just because I thought maybe he was working with the, maybe he was could offer them some sort of, not that compensation would change anything and it's a horrible tragedy, but um, I don't know, maybe there, you know, there's always going to be more that I feel like that we don't know about what happened that day. And that's for like investigators to figure out. Yeah. Do the prop master, the person getting the guns together, the one who put real live rhymes in that gun, but not the actor who pulled the trigger on what he thought was a prop gun. Nowhere in anyone's imagination would you think that a gun on a movie set would be loaded. Yeah. That's just not how it goes down. Well, Sarah Huron, I'm going to let you pick the next two topics because you know all about them. Do you want to talk about Julia Hart's divorce or Jen Shaw's court troubles? Wow. Um, okay, I'll do a quick rundown on Julia Hart and then maybe yeah. a quick rundown on Jen Shaw really quick. They're both quick. Give it to us. All right. Julia Hart, My Unorthodox Life, if you didn't watch that show. It wasn't like the greatest Netflix reality show, but it was watchable. Um, it's there no were rumors love is months, blind. It's no love is, oh my God. 
we have to talk about Love is Blind later off, off the internet. Julia Hart, um, there was rumors that her and her husband, Silvio, were getting divorced a few months ago. They shot them down. She has since filed for divorce a week into production on season two, which is great for us viewers and, you know, suspicious timing, but whatever. And now it's getting messy. Um, there is alleged restraining orders, which we have yet to find. Page six has their hands on um, in which she accused him of some not so great behavior. And then he's firing back at her because she also was fired from there he owns a company and she was the ceo of it and she was fired and she's kind of mm-hmm. claiming wrongful termination and he's saying no, that's not at all what happened and it's, it's just definitely what happened i think it's what happened too <laughs> but um the thing that confuses me is that that the restraining order like he claims was never he was never served and it is a little bit just timing with production of the show i'm looking forward to long story short watching this play out because it's kind uh, of it's yeah. thing even though he it's, claims he's not going to film anymore but at least we'll have her side we will have her side. And this is very sort of Housewives inspired that a season starts and then a real life drama happens. This is not people fighting over who smells like hospital or, you know, who has place cards at a different party. This is a real life divorce going down. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And Julia and Silvio really seem to be at each other's throats. Yeah, they do. Um, and yeah. And then you have Jen Shaw over in Salt Lake City getting ready for her trial, which starts in March. And her um, attorneys filed quite the document about how they're going to find the jury. And it's important to note that I think it's about 12-ish people who are connected to this case with Jen Shaw. And every single one of them have changed their plea to not guilty. Right. Except for Jen Every Shaw. other defendant has Every other defendant you. in this telemarketing scheme, in case you forgot. So Jen Shaw is maintaining her innocence. She wants to go to trial. Doesn't seem like it's going to work out too well. Um, and her trial starts soon. And she is naturally concerned that things that played out on season two and one of the real housewives of salt lake city are going to affect the jury which duh um she does not want evidence from she doesn't want any clips from the bravo show to be included as evidence have a hard time believing that um you know a judge is going to say that but they're saying you know things are edited people portray themselves a certain way for television shows um but again it is out there um and they also are trying to vet the jury with a series of questions about the show and it's just like wild to read them um things like quote do you think whitney rose is really in love with her husband yeah no. <laughs> things like does anyone in your household or family watch through house of salt lake city do you believe that people who appear on housewives do you believe that all the housewives who appear on the franchise are rich do you believe that what you see on the show is in fact real like there's all these fourth wally questions not only do you watch it do you, anyone in your household watch it how are you familiar with it and i know they have to vet the jury it's just like it's bizarre because you are presenting yourself as one thing you're so real this show is real and now because you're in a court of law you're gonna try to be like oh that's edited that's not my real life housewives have to present themselves as rich i think they could probably find content to say jen shaw saying quote i'm the realest one out there i don't fake it even though her house was not her house in season one like it's it's just contradictions happening here in the court. And Jen Shaw just will never say I've lost. She is not that type of person. She is going to fight to the bitter end, whether she's wrong or right. If you watch Real House of Salt Lake City, Sarah and I would be excluded from this jury because we know that Jen Shaw will die on any hill 
small or big, she will die on it to prove that she is right. Did you call into Jen Shaw's um, <laughs> arraignment and make the, one of the reasons that they had to like reschedule it? Yes, yes, I did. But I would love to be part of this jury. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be too. This is, it's so wild that every other defendant in the case has pleaded guilty because they are so clearly guilty and Jen Shaw is just fighting tooth and nail at everything. It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. The happier news, Sarah. Let's talk about birthdays because it is time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Now, we have an all-female lineup. We have some female boxing contenders going up. All right. And they are as is right now, Sarah. So this is at this point in their life. You're going to find out when I say the first person. We have Rihanna, who is turning 34 this week, versus Sophie Turner, who is still only 26 years old. So you're putting two apparently pregnant women against each other? Yes, I am. And that is for you to decide what happens. Wow. Well, I think they they exit the ring and go to mommy and me. Okay. Yes, that is the exact. But if they weren't pregnant, I would say Rihanna. We don't know if Sophie Turner's pregnant. There's just speculation, but I would say Rihanna if either of them were pregnant. All right. Well, we'll say they're not pregnant just for the fact that we want to protect these precious babies. Yes. All right. And then, well, there, congratulations, Rihanna, not pregnant, beats Sophie Turner, also not pregnant. And then we have Rachel Dratch, who I just think is lovely, who turns 56 this week versus Drew Barrymore, who is 47 this week. Oh my God. Two more that would just like hug it out and love each other. (laughs) They're like Like, best friends. Yeah. They're like best friends. They're both like hilarious, funny women who've been in business forever. It's Um, for charity, celebrity birthday boxing, baby, uh, Sarah. It's for charity. I guess Drew maybe has a little bit more grit. She's been through. I don't, I, I, I feel like Rachel Dratch. I just think about like Debbie Downer and like, I can't imagine her like punching someone. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, now we have Rihanna, 34 years old versus Drew Barrymore, 47. I mean, I think again, they would be knitting or something, but um, bad girl Riri, I guess. I think, you know, I don't know. I guess I'll give it to Rihanna. I think she would win in this, but I hope they get to do a cross stitch at a net and just are all four friends together because that would be a reality show that I would watch. Well, thank you to Sarah Huron for helping me spill all of this truly piping hot and wild celebrity this week. Again, this is Travis Cronin of Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast with your weekly peek into the glamour glitter fashion family of favorite celebrities. Because after all, what are they, Sarah? They're just, They're just like, like us. us. Except with more money and access. All right, we will see. <laughs> yeah, we are nothing like you, Chet Hanks. We win. We are nothing like you, Chet Hanks. Get it together. Leave Tom alone. All right, bye guys. We'll be back next week.